Hey, everybody, this is a special episode we wanted to bring you because we did have a special guest in our congressional district who does not live here. That is Brian Smith. We wanted to bring this episode to you as soon as possible so that we could get his message out and get people active. If you do not know, we have it now to where we are uploading our podcast. Every Monday morning, we will have a new episode uploaded and available to you at 7 a.m. so that you can listen on your way to work and on your way home. I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we are joined with a special guest today in studio. And by studio, I mean Kirsten's dining Dining room room. table. (laughs) We are joined by Brian Smith, who is running for Congress against Mike Simpson. Brian, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you. Perfect. Well, first off, let me say thank you for coming out here. I know we're actually outside of your congressional district right now, um, but you had to come here anyways to talk to people, correct? Yeah, I've been over in in the Boise Valley. Obviously, part of my district goes into the Boise Valley. So I came over here to meet with uh, good people interested in getting a good congressional representative. Absolutely. We're all thankful for you. Yeah. So let's talk about it. You are running against Mike Simpson. What are some of the big things that made you decide to enter the race this time? Well, uh, you know, I tell people, a lot of people know I ran against him in 2014. And uh, I explained to people that I ran in 2014 because at the time, back in the day, uh, I believed that he was not a good representative for conservative uh, voices, conservative constituents. Uh, He was bad back then. Uh, He's done nothing to change that. In fact, since 2014, I think he's gotten, and I'll use the word progressively worse, (laughs) Uh, he's gotten much worse. Uh, And so, for example, today he wants to breach dams. He hasn't been a supporter of President Trump. He's also been a co-sponsor of a bill for uh, transgendered protected classes. Uh, He still continues to spend money. He wants amnesty for people who are here illegally. Uh, He's also voted for gun control. So he's gotten worse since 2014. And that's what got my attention. uh, And I've decided to re-enter the race. I'm thankful. And you're an Idaho native and a... Nampa High School graduate. So Nampa High School Nampa graduate High. in 1980. Uh, I, I, a lot of people don't know that uh, my family actually settled Canyon County in 1865. I showed you a picture yeah, earlier. That was impressive. It looks like, uh, we'll have to describe this for your, for your listeners because they can't see the picture, but it's uh, just imagine Duck Dynasty, right. Duck Dynasty pictures of my three great, great, great uncles. They, 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 they settled here in 1865. So i um, got a long established history in Idaho. I love the state. I love the people of this state. Um, I love conservative values. I want people to be free. I want them to make their own choices. Uh, I want as little government intrusion in their lives as possible. And uh, with Congressman Simpson, we haven't seen that. And uh, it's time to take Idaho in a clearly new direction. For our listeners who don't know who you are, who is Brian Smith? So I'm uh, uh, I'm a guy who was born in Boise. And uh, graduate from Napa High, um, I went to uh, school over in Ricks College where I met my wife. Uh, we got married and uh, had five children, raised them in Idaho. I've now got six grandchildren. All my children have left the state, leaving my wife and I here. Uh, we're happy to stay. We're not leaving. Uh, I've been a lawyer uh, probably, let me see, for about 30-some years. I practiced law in Idaho Falls since 1994. I've had a small private practice over there. I've been involved in the um, 
Uh, I ran in 2014 against Congressman Simpson. I got more votes against him than anybody who's ever challenged him in his tenure as congressman. When I didn't win, when I wasn't successful in becoming congressman, uh, I then became the region chair for the uh, Republican Party over in Bonneville County area. Uh, and after that, I then became the uh, second vice chair of the state party. I currently am the vice chair of the Idaho Freedom Foundation. I write articles, or when I had time, I used to write articles, active in, in politics, active in the conservative movement. Uh, I've stayed fully engaged since 2014. And so there are a lot of people know who I am, and um, I'm happy to be active again and running against Congressman Simpson. So we know the, the regular Republican mantra, right, that every Republican's going to say, Second Amendment, pro-life, those sorts of things. What really separates you from Congressman Simpson? What do you want to do different? Well, that's, that's, not, that's not a hard a hard thing to distinguish. I mean, Mike Simpson has been a big government guy. In fact, a lot of people don't realize this. When he was voted into office in 1998, we had an open primary. <laughs> and so he was only elected with 40% of the vote. And at the time, Democrats could vote in our primary. <laughs> and so the primary didn't get closed until about 2010, I think it was. I was involved in getting that primary closed. And what's crazy about this is that at the time, uh, a closed primary, it was a fight. Mm-hmm. I was in the Republican Party with others fighting to keep Democrats out of picking our primary candidates. To show you how far we've come, today that would not be a fight. Today, mm-hmm. people, yeah, we've got to have a closed primary. But at the time, it was, it was a hard-fought fight. And so he was voted in with Democrats. He stayed in with Democrats. And uh, he's been acting and voting like a Democrat. Um, I believe that, uh, uh, well, one, one, for example, he had, did not support President Trump when Trump ran in 2016. He said he was unfit for office. I was a Trump delegate last year to the Republican National Convention. Simpson's been a big, uh, a big spender. He's, rarely does he see a uh, spending increase he doesn't want to vote for. I will say he just voted against the $1.2 trillion infrastructure plan. I think uh, his race with me had more to do with that than any principles he's demonstrated over the last 22 years in office. Uh, and so he's been a big government guy. He likes to expand government. He's voted against the Second Amendment. He's also uh, uh, voted for amnesty for people who are here illegally. I oppose all those things. And so I, 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 I want to see us secure our borders. We need to return to a policy where people have to go home and request entry into the United States legally instead of being let in by the tens of thousands illegally. We need to restart and finish the Trump border wall. I also uh, believe that we need to uh, improve our election integrity. We need to require photo IDs. We also, I support the Trump uh, pro-America first agenda, particularly the portion to having to do with uh, deregulation. People don't realize that uh, we're regulated. Uh, I mean, look, the federal government now tells us how much water we can flush down our toilet mm-hmm. and how much water we can have come out of our shower head. I mean, mm-hmm. you use the toilet, you'll see a 1.8 liter, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we're, we're, we're way over-regulated. Uh, and so that, that, that's got some serious consequences for the economy and for people starting businesses. And so uh, Simpson's done nothing at all to try to oppose that. Another big difference between him and me is that uh, I support term limits. Um, he opposes term limits, and that's not surprising given that he's been in office for 22 years. He's 
receive millions of dollars in benefits and salaries and expenses. That's not the kind of guy that wants to lose that easily. Uh, and so, you know, what, what you see with uh, Congressman Simpson is a long-term Washington, D.C. insider who's become part of the, uh, the swamp back in D.C., and uh, clearly Idaho needs a new direction. You don't hear him standing up. Uh, you don't hear him fighting for conservative principles. You never see him on TV. You don't see him back in the district. I've committed to uh, return to the district uh, uh, often. And also, I know that people want to have an outspoken conservative voice in Washington. And uh, I have uh, I've proven over and over again that uh, I'm not afraid to stand up and speak out on conservative principles so, and, 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 and represent people. So those are some differences between him and me. Yeah. I want to circle back to the damn question, if that's mm-hmm. okay. I saw in a video, maybe one of the few that he's been on, where he said that he doesn't know if breaching the dams will work to save the salmon, but he wants to do it anyways. And I've heard that this is in a line with Governor Kate Brown over in Oregon, that they're working together on this. This is something they're both pushing for. Mm-hmm. How is this going to impact Idahoans who rely on those names? What a great question. So, you know, that there's a lot to unpack with that question. But I think the first thing we have to ask ourselves is, think about this. If, if Congressman Simpson were running for his first term to represent the people of Idaho, do you think that there's any way he would come out and say, I've got a great proposal. It's a bold proposal. I want to run for Congress. And what I want to do is I want to breach the four lower dams, destroy them. Now, I know that they provide clean, emission-free hydroelectric power that services 800,000 homes. In fact, I know it would destroy the Port of Lewiston. And, and it would also, you know, uh, it would increase, it threatens to increase the utility rates for all ratepayers because the Bonneville Power Administration gets part of its power from those dams. There is no way any rational, sane person running for Congress would ever come out and say, that's my platform. Yet here we have somebody who's been in office for 22 years. That is his plan. That's what he's arguing. That's what he wants. Hmm. How does this happen? This happens because when somebody's in office for 22 years, they lose touch with reality. They yeah. lose touch with their constituents. And they, 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 just, they, they, they lose their senses. And that's what's happened here. So your question to me is, is that uh, how will that affect Idaho specifically? And is he working with Kate Brown and uh, also Governor, is it Jay Inslee, I think mm-hmm. is his name? Oh, so what, what, what some people didn't know, and, and it came out that behind the scenes, he's been secretly working with these two Democrats wow. to get the, the dams breached. Uh, now, he claims, oh, it really wasn't secret. It, we, this is the way we do it all the time. Well, then maybe you work in secret all the time. Uh, but the point is, is that when you are a Republican congressman from Idaho, and you have joined forces with the radical environmentalists, uh, breach dams, and and you are also holding meetings uh, in support of this with Brown and Inslee, uh, that is is the poster child uh, example of someone who's lost touch with their constituents. That is Congressman Mike Simpson. Uh, It'll be devastating to to farmers and ranchers. Uh, and you know what? I, th- I think he actually even knows that, but that's who he is to his core. He's become a, an environmentalist himself, uh, and he doesn't even know. He said, I don't know if this, this plan will even work, but uh, let's go ahead and give it a try. Only somebody from Washington who's been there for so long would go out and try to would, would propose to breach dams at a cost of over $33 billion 
and then say, we don't even know if it's going to work. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It, it's totally absurd. His plan is absurd, and he knows it. Yeah. I hope the voters know it. They do know it. Good. That's what we're yeah. trying to do. He, was, uh, he got in trouble with the Republican Party as well because mm-hmm. of a lot of this, correct? Yes. In fact, uh, this last summer in May, there was a... Uh, a party meeting. It would be the winter meeting because it was postponed till May. And the resolutions committee passed a resolution of a vote of no confidence. And the chairman of that committee, uh, who I believe is a friend of Mike Simpson, didn't want Mike Simpson's name on the resolution. But Senator Christy Zitto on the floor, I was there, I watched it happen. She made a motion and they amended the vote of no confidence to specifically call Congressman Simpson out by name, Michael K. Simpson, uh, expressing no confidence. That vote was a statewide party vote. And there was only maybe two or three people, I believe they might have worked for Mike Simpson's campaign, that opposed that. Otherwise, it was basically unanimous that the state Republican Party does not support. In fact, they vehemently oppose his effort to breach the dams. And that was preceded by the legislature passed a joint memorial last fall or last winter. And in that joint memorial, they condemned his plan. Uh, The Idaho Water Users Association has condemned his plan. Uh, The only ones that aren't condemning his plan is him, his staff, his his long-term political allies, Trout Unlimited, the environmentalists, those are the ones that are supporting him, and a lot of Democrats. Mm, that's what I was going to think. <laughs> yeah, you, you'd almost have to wonder what's making him hold the line. Like, he he's, hasn't seemed to budge on this at all. Oh, because this is what he wants to do. This is who he has become. Look, this isn't the first radical environmental thing he's done. So in 2014, when I ran, he also was pushing an agenda called the Boulder White Clouds. Do you know what that was? Mm-mm. You know what that was? Mm-mm. No. So uh, he was trying to lock up, and he eventually was successful in locking up thousands of acres, if not hundreds of thousands of acres, in Custer County. Now, Custer County is, uh, is an awesome county in Idaho's second congressional district. A lot of natural resources. They have a molybdenum mine. They have cobalts. They have all kinds of rare earth essential minerals. Mm-hmm. Um, things needed for batteries and cell phones, etc. And uh, he took hundreds of thousands of acres out of production and he locked them up. And now it's federal wilderness. No. So now there's restrictions on how people can, I don't think anybody's going to be able to re- na- reach those natural resources. So he did that and it was actually over the objections. The people in Custer County didn't want that. Mm-hmm. But uh, Congressman Simpson was able to get that passed through Congress and so that was an environmentalist step. Um, but that was just a precursor to this one. Now he wants to uh, damage. I, I say he's actually declared war on Idaho's farmers, ranchers, and ranchers. Uh, and these are the people who grow the crops and raise the livestock that feed the world. And so he, he's doing this because that's who he really is. He, is a, he has joined forces with radical environmentalists. That, I don't think there's any dispute about that. Hey guys, this is Kirsten interrupting this podcast to let you know about an event that's coming up Tuesday, December 14th at 3.30. We want to end the state of emergency. We've got a swamp creature protest at the Arid Club. We need you to bring your friends down to Boise to join us with signs and really getting the message out that this is not okay. Mike Simpson is doing a big fundraiser and so we want to tell these tyrants that Idaho is demanding to end this state of emergency 
and that we're not going to put up with this anymore. So I hope you'll tell all of your friends to get down there to Boise next Tuesday. Small businesses are the lifeblood of our economy. Two in every three jobs are created by a small business. They support our local schools, charities, churches, and more. This is exactly why we love to help small businesses grow. Our custom-tailored solutions allow all facets of your marketing to work in a symbiotic way, helping you increase revenue from web design to social media marketing, from local search engine optimization to managing your online reviews. Our custom solutions are built for you. Visit us today at silohillweb.com. Obviously, a lot of Republicans are against term limits, and they think that um, the term limits should be at the ballot box when we put new people in. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, what a great question. I will tell you that uh, I don't know what year it was. I think it was back around in the 90s. Idaho actually passed a term limit law for congressional representatives. Were you, were you aware of this? No. Yeah. This was passed in Idaho back in the uh, 90s. I think it was the 90s. And... Uh, there was a lawsuit brought, and it had that, it had that law declared. It was a state law declared unconstitutional. The plaintiff in that case was Congressman Simpson. <laughs> he has opposed term limits for his entire—I don't know how long he's been in political office—forty right. years. He never has wanted term limits. Uh, and look, there are some people who will say that, just like you said, that uh, there is term limits. It's called the ballot box. Mm. Now, um, I agree with that to the extent you're talking about uh, state races, legislative district races. I agree with that. County races, I agree with that. City races, I agree with that. But congressional races are a completely different breed. And, and it's the same way with Senate, United States Senate races. It's completely different. And, and so I support term limits. And let me explain to you why. When our country was first founded, it was founded uh, on an idea that uh, the federal government would have limited and enumerated powers, 21 to 22 different things. So, for example, the federal government is supposed to coin money. It's supposed to be involved in the post office. It's supposed to be involved in uh, patents and copyrights and trademarks. Uh, it's supposed to um, have a federal court system. So there's certain specific and limited and well-defined things. But over the seri a series of years, uh, starting with Marbury versus Madison uh, and the interpretation of the Commerce Clause and the General Welfare Clause, uh, th that, that has now become, uh, op uh, well, it just simply is no longer the case. The Supreme Court has interpreted the federal powers to be broad and expansive. In fact, there's just about, they can do about anything because of the way the Supreme Court has interpreted the Constitution. With that came the taxing authority, federal income tax in, in 1912. And as a result, having broad and expansive powers with an unlimited checkbook through the power of the purse, the federal government now spends money on, on just about anything they want to. So uh, what that means is, is that if you're a congressman like Congressman Simpson and you sit on a, an appropriations committee, you can, uh, you can attach a bill and you can give the College of Eastern Idaho, like he did, a $100,000 grant. Mm. Uh, well, guess what? The, the board of directors at the College of Eastern Idaho and the school and the teachers and the staff, they think this is great. 
Uh, or you can you can get an Indian tribe, seven point two million dollars, like Congressman Simpson did for the Bannock Shoshone Indian tribe in Pocatello. Mm. Or you can appropriate four billion or four million dollars for the sheep station. It goes on and on and on. Yeah, it's like funny money. Well, what ends up happening is is that uh, people may say, well, look, I don't like his policy on dam breaching, but I'm not a farmer. I teach at the College of Eastern mm. Idaho, and I like that hundred thousand dollar grant. And so, if you're an if you're an incumbent, uh, you, you you're able to um, you let's just say you can buy support with taxpayer dollars, makes it very difficult for a challenger to to defeat that. Now, when we first started our country, that wasn't the that wasn't how it was envisioned. It wasn't supposed to be that way. The other advantage an incumbent has is is that uh, they well, Congressman Simpson, he's got offices in Boise, Twin Falls, uh, Pocatello, and Idaho Falls. Mm. And uh, make no mistake about it, those are his offices. He's got people working there, and, and those people are working round the clock to do what? To make sure he gets reelected. Yep. Uh, to make matters even more difficult, uh, he has uh, under you know he's got his own federal web page, and so he can it's a you know you can look it up. I don't know what it's called, but every congressman's got their own web page, and so he can post things he can gather data he can get people's cell phones he can get information he can get emails he can build the databases if you're in office for 22 years you've got this big database mm -hmm. of people and so who pays for that well the taxpayer pays the it people to maintain the database that's a huge advantage uh, and then they also have what's called franking privileges you ever heard of that franking privileges? No. Mm -mm. so franking is a french word that means free and uh, a lot of people don't realize this, but uh, congressmen and sen U.S. senators have a franking privilege, which means they don't have to pay for postage. They can just sign their name. Wow. Uh, and so the, the, the post office is required to mail their, you know, deliver yeah. their mail for them. So these are all advantages that, a, that an incumbent has that a challenger doesn't have. It makes it very, very difficult. And so now you see why. With advantages like that, you understand why it is that 98% of all incumbents win re-election. Right. It's very difficult. And so, look, I understand the argument. If we had a country that was uh, a system that was set up or envisioned by our founders initially, that might be one thing. Um, but that's not what we have. If, if you wanted to vote these guys out at the ballot box, I could see that. But given our current system that was never envisioned by the founders where incumbents can can shower money on their constituents or select constituents where they also have offices that are paid for by taxpayer dollars that are campaign centers for them, where they have, um, uh, you know, full-time 24-7 IT people working on their websites or however you want to say it. Mm -hmm. They have franking privileges. It makes it very, very difficult. And so for that reason, uh, having experienced this myself, having run in 2014, um, I am now of the, of the opinion that uh, we do need term limits for our congressional representatives and, and senators. Yeah. yeah, I agree. You know, I've, I've followed your, not, I don't want to say career because I haven't been following you as an attorney, but I've read a lot of your articles over the years. I've seen your involvement. I actually voted for you when you became the second vice chair of the Republican Party. So you do have this history, and you've given to conservative candidates in the past. Anybody can see who anybody gives to if it's about $50 mm -hmm. on the Secretary of State's website. You do have that long history, and that is something that I am I'm glad that we have available at our fingertips that we can see. Because a lot of times when people do run for office, they, they come out of nowhere, and 
it's hard to verify where they actually stand, but you do have that consistent history throughout the years. So I am excited to see you run against him. One question I do have as well is you will be one of 435 voices. Yes. Is that right? Yes. So let's say in a, is there a scenario where if you could go there and you could snap your finger and get one thing that everybody agreed with you on that you could pass, what would that be? Uh, so if I, if I were King, Right. And I could just go, I got, I got one wish. Like the genie yeah, came out of exactly. the bottle and said, okay, you get one wish in Congress. What's it going to be today? That's what you're saying? Yeah. Uh, well, there may be a list of things, but uh, uh, if I could snap my fingers and say, you know, so let it be written, so let it be done, yeah. we would abolish the Department of Education. Hmm. Ooh, I like that answer. Yeah, I do too. No more federal. Ed- yeah, they shouldn't be in that. Anyway, it's not even in our Constitution, right? So. Yeah. And, you know, when you talk about this issue, there are people who will say, I'm a conservative. Yeah. I'm a conservative. I'm a conservative. Mike Simpson runs as a conservative Republican. The irony. Yeah. He, he runs as a conservative. He'll tell you, oh, yeah, he puts it on his signs or on his advertisement. Conservative Republican. When I ran last time, he, had, he was running as a conservative Republican, and he voted for cash for clunkers. He oh, voted wow. for the $700 billion bailout. Even Mike Crapo didn't vote for that. And so you're, you're right there. You have to look at a person's history uh, and conservatives, conservatives aren't fooled easily. Okay. And, and they want to see what you're talking about. Yeah. I think had I not run the first time people say I ran, Oh, he's a failed congressional candidate. I didn't fail. Mm. I just hadn't won yet. All mm. right. People, they, they want to see, are you the real deal? Right. And so I haven't changed at all since 2014. I'm, I'm the same conservative person that I was back then. Uh, and people want to see that. And, and, and conservatives are tough in the sense that they want to see that. But once they're convinced that you're a conservative, they stand up for you. And I'm finding across the district, I, I think that I sense a sort of revival taking place yeah. across our district. Mm. People, are, people are waking up and the conservatives are coming from all kinds of uh, sectors of the uh, district. And I suspect we're going to see a, uh, um, it's going to be a historic election uh, next May on the primary. Yeah, I think so. I I think so. Red wave 2022. Mm -hmm. Yep. A lot of it is, is Californians who moved here like you, Kirsten, you know. Well, we're, yeah, we're, we're deeply disturbed by Idaho's pinkish, purplish blue in the Boise area and we are um we the people are pissed is what I say and um I think we are ready for less government in our lives and we should have it in Idaho of all the states there there should be no doubt that we have less well and the problem is is I it's like I've said we're in Rocky Mountain Heights 2.0 and Idaho is the target Mm -hmm. I would say that there has never been a more important election ever than right now no you know, we, we say that uh, with every election, and it probably is true. Uh, and I was actually at an event probably six or seven weeks ago, and Congressman Simpson was there. Mm. And he actually said the same thing. He said, <laughs> you know, we keep talking about this being a, a historic election. He goes, I really think it's going to be true. Uh, I would tell you that in, for his him and his race, no truer words could have been spoken. <laughs> right. Did somebody get that on video that I can still later? So I, I, can I don't know together. who. So I'm sure somebody got it. But but this is it, right? Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. um, we have so many races taking place. Look, I, I, I'm challenging a 22 year incumbent. Mm-hmm. I am the underdog. I'm expected to lose, right? And so was David. 
So mm-hmm. let's get you some little stones. Give me some stones. Yeah, yeah right. just three. Mm-hmm. So this is there's a lot going on. We have and uh, you know, we've got an attorney general's race. We've got a, a gubernatorial race. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, we've got a, a race. An, uh, what is it, an open seat for the secretary of state's race? We've got a lieutenant governor's race. We've also got a, a school superintendent race and the options, the choices people have this election cycle. Mm-hmm. It's not between you know. Uh, one version and a slightly lighter version. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These are stark contrasts, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. There is there is a huge difference between my political philosophy, my governing philosophy, and Mike Simpson. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, I mean, he joins with Democrats uh, frequently. He did that with the January 6th commission mm-hmm. to investigate President Trump. He was one of 35 Republicans to leave the ranks of the Republican Party, join with crazy Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats to do an investigation of President Trump. Uh, he also did it with uh, uh, he, he, he co-sponsored a bill in February to give transgendered people protected class status. He was one of 21 re- Republicans yeah. to do that. So those are things I clearly wouldn't do. And, and so there's a huge stark contrast between me and him. And you see that in all these other races as well. Yeah. I think he's forgotten he's representing Idahoans and not too the swamp time. in D.C. or something. Yeah, too yep. much time spent in D.C. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Changes Well, you. Brian, I know you have to go. I really want to say I appreciate your time and taking it to come speak to us today. I want to let you know that what's happening in Idaho, both Kirsten and I, I think I can speak for both of us, are 100% behind your campaign. Amen. Um, well, thank you. Um, mm-hmm. For our listeners, where can they sign up and where can they donate? Okay. So... Um, Look, here's here's what I tell people, and I, I you haven't heard me say this before, so you're going to hear it for the first time. I often used to wonder if I would have been alive in 1776, mm. and there would have been a knock at the door. You know what they needed? Bullets and gunpowder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The British are five miles out of town. You don't have to go shoot anybody. We'll do all the shooting. Mm-hmm. We've got the weapons. What we need are bullets and gunpowder. Would I have given my bullets and gunpowder for the cause? Because some people would, some people wouldn't. Um, what we have today is in our political campaigns is we have an ideological war. It's what it is. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we don't shoot each other like they did during the war for independence. Instead, we message against each other. We get our message out, right? Mm-hmm. His message, my message. And that takes money, which is the equivalent of bullets and gunpowder. Mm-hmm. And so what I would ask your listeners to do is, um, is to think about what, where they would have been in 1776. Knock came at the door. Oh, I need all my own bullets and gunpowder. I can't. Mm-hmm. I'd love to give you some, but I can't. What I need is uh, we have to raise uh, money in order to get our message out, in order to defeat him. That's what we have to do. And so people can go to my website and uh, go to it's Brian Smith for Idaho.com and they can there's a donate button they can contribute uh, and it's it's the it's the same as bullets and gunpowder giving money these days to a campaign and mm-hmm. I'm not shy about asking mm-hmm. for that yeah because without bullets and gunpowder we couldn't have won our independence right, right? Mm-hmm. without money it takes to run a campaign uh, I cannot win either so they can go there they can they can contribute or, and they can also sign up people can sign up as a volunteer uh, we are building a massive ground force and, uh, we need people to sign up there, give us their contact information and, uh, we will get hold of them. 
So if, if they do those two things uh, and, and also spread the word that we have a true conservative running as a, a, for Congress, Idaho will have uh, uh, a real conservative voice with, with me as their congressman. I'm not bashful about it. I'm not afraid to do it. I know that's what people want. I want to do it for them. They haven't had it. I've been as frustrated as they are, but times are a-changing. Yes, they are. Yep. Brian, thank you again. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Kirsten. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for coming. All right, everybody, take care.